This episode of the Randy Russell Podcast is brought to you by Gluten-Free Counter. Gluten-free dining in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and beyond on Instagram. Find this and future episodes at rspeen.com and Apple Podcasts. Questions or comments? Email us at rrpodcast2000 at gmail.com. Today's guest host, Stephanie Summers, is a yoga instructor, writer, and cheesemonger. Welcome to the Randy Russell Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Summers. He's a champion swimmer commuting across Lake Michigan into Milwaukee Harbor daily. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. I, I'm a little tired from the swim today. <laughs> it's, it's Sunday and I usually don't come over. But you had to for the podcast? Right. Right, yes. So let's talk about cheese. You, so you did you used to live in Milwaukee and... Um, you live in Monroe now? Yes. I and, was uh, in Milwaukee for like 10 years. And then uh, a couple months ago, I moved to Monroe, Wisconsin, which is in Greene County. And they're kind of uh, all about cheese, cheese making in Greene County. So I've, re- I've read about that town. town. I, re- I guess read references to it, maybe. I used to work out of an office here where the... Um, Wisconsin foodie show came out of so I would like sometimes I would get their cheese samples for free nice and so it's kind of a nice thing out of working in that office and um, and then so I'd look to see where a lot of the cheese was made because there's a lot of good cheese coming out of Wisconsin and so I, I wanted to visit there and I never have yet what so what company are, are there um well, in the county, I believe there's 13 factories. Um, I think originally there were like 350 or more individual farms making cheese, um, and now they've consolidated or changed or whatever. So there's 13 different manufacturers, and um, I'm not like affiliated with any particular one, but Emmy Roth is really close to to where I'm working. Um, I'm in a in a shop and and so we get cheese from i think almost all of them and uh you know we make big cheese and a little cheese and get it to people do you have favorites yes most (laughs) definitely i have favorites i like aged cheese the flavors come out um so I like I like I like really nice strongly flavored cheese. I don't want mild cheese. What's the point, you know, if it doesn't taste like much? I like I like uh, yeah I like strong cheese a lot because one of my favorite ones ever in my in my life was this one called uh, Liederkranz. Do you know that one? That, that one Liederkranz. It was um, I believe it's made in. Wisconsin now. It was made in Ohio. Is it a relative of uh, Limburger? Yeah, it's really it's similar to Limburger. Yeah. So it comes in that you know the the silver wrapping, the foil kind yeah, of foil. brick, um, and then and then and then you 
let it, you know, you wait till it gets real, the crust on the outside. Nice. And so it has things, it would have things on the box where it indicated the age, or I think there was like a little window where you could see how, how much crust that it had. I think we sell that, but I, I'm learning very much. <laughs> but yeah, I was, trying, I was really curious. I'd like to f- find out where, who started making that, because I think it was like licensed by someone else. Right now, Chalet Cheese, which is in Greene County, are the only makers of Limburger in, in the, I think, the United States. And um, and then they also make this brick cheese, like it's a foiled aged brick, and um, which also has like the schmear on the outside, which is what makes it stinky and tacky yeah. and like live. Um, so they they have that as well. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't go that far. <laughs> I'm like a cheddar grayer kind of girl. What's the one kind of, uh, what's the, there's one kind of brand of brick cheese. It's like Widmer, I think. Do you know that one? Yeah. 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 I think that's one I really, I really have liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brick. Which is, which popular. isn't quite as, that's not quite as smelly. Right. But I do like Limburger. And I don't eat it all the time. Yeah. I hear it's good with onions and bacon in yeah. between rye. Yeah. <laughs> Throw out raw onions, perfect <laughs> to go along with it. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, if you looked in my refrigerator right now, which don't do it because I'll be embarrassed because of the condition of it, but also because of the cheese that I have is so boring and cheap. But generally, I don't, I don't buy very expensive cheese just because I can't afford it. So it has to be a real treat for me. Well, and I think good cheese is a treat. You only need a little bit. Like, you know, it, it goes a long way. I don't, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Do you do you uh, speak French at all? No. Because there's that one French cheese that I that I, I know that I'm going to mispronounce that I really liked. It's... Um, Brie. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's maybe like Reblichon, Reblichon, I think. It's, it's spelled, I think, R-E-B... L O C H O N, um, but it's it's one of the it's an aged one, with uh, like with the back the bacteria, and I believe that it what I heard it, that it's not available in the U.S. because of um, it's not pasteurized I believe or it's not aged sufficiently, and it's not pasteurized. It's like raw milk cheese. Yeah, I know that there are regulations on moving cheese in between yeah. countries based on that stuff, um, because they have you know the cultures in them that can. I mean, if we don't have it here, it could. I don't know, make more cheese like that. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might make all the cheese like like that. <laughs> it just change everything. No, you used to be able to get it. They changed regulations at some point. Um, I think it was around ten. Year, I mean, around ten years ago, I remember that I did buy it at the grocery store, and then and you couldn't. And then cha- they changed some rules, and you couldn't buy it. But I really, really liked that one, and it was like one of my favorites. It really it had that like old um, dirty shoe type of smell. It sounds so gross, you know, when you say it, and especially to people who don't like that. I, I mean, the taste and the smell are two different things. Yeah, that's, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, we smell, smell, we sell this uh, small round wheel of uh, 
it's like a double cream cheese. It's not cream cheese, but it's made out of cream. And so like the inside is extremely smooth, creamy, mild cheese. And then it has a bloomy rind that is incredibly stinky. But um, if you slice off the rind, I mean, you can eat it, but if you slice it off, separate it for a little while, the inside is nothing like that, like the outside where the smell is. I mean, right, I mean, yeah. other cheeses are different, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to taste like it smells. I mean, in yeah. many cases, it doesn't. Yeah, that's uh, for, yeah for sure. Mm. I might, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it's that's like fascinating how different the taste and smell is. It's well, hard. How they add to one another. It's, har- it's hard. It's harder to describe the taste of something in a way, like the smell. Sometimes it's just you can just you you can associate it with other things maybe and. For, at least for me, it, it is like in taste. I'm, I'm like, what? Is, I'm not sure what this is reminding me of. Well, I almost feel like ta- the senses of taste and smell are more connected than our other senses. Yeah. Which seems kind of crazy if you think about things in your mouth. I mean, there's definitely like a feel is is right there, and yet like taste and smell become so much more combined somehow. I, I don't know. Right now, at least, it seems like that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, yeah, for sure. What's the most expensive cheese that they sell there? The most expensive? Um, I, I actually, I don't, I don't know um, off the top of my head. We, because we're selling mostly local cheese, so we don't have that added expense of you know the. Um, Travel, cheese traveling, or whatever. Uh, so I don't. I honestly, I don't know. There's this. There's this one Wisconsin one that I can't remember the the name of it. That's that always you hear about it when you're winning winning awards, and it's and it's available only part of the year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of that one, and I still haven't ever tried it, and I want to. Um, I know we have a like a raclette. Um, and that actually might be from Switzerland. Like most, if we have imports that I'm selling, it's from Switzerland. It's like a Swiss owner of our shop, and um, we're pretty close to New Glarus, you know, which is like little Switzerland. Oh yeah. Um, so that has a pretty big influence, and I, I think maybe the Reclet is. I don't know if that's the most expensive, but um, it's up there. I'm. Uh, yeah. It's, I- there was there was one that I was I, I really like the idea that it's not available all the time. Yeah, you know things that are like part of the year you can't get it, mm-hmm. and that just makes it more. It's a lot more fun, a little more exotic. Yeah, seasonal. There, there are they are they um. So there are there how many local uh, cheesemakers are there now? You said how many were there at first? Well. Thirteen in Green. I'm just talking about Green County, Wisconsin, um, and I think there were more than like 350 original. Like, and it was just you know family farm, and they would all make their own cheese. Like, yeah. you know, um, I went to after shortly after moving to Monroe, I went to their museum, and um, the guy giving the tour was was one of like he grew up on a farm making cheese when he was a kid. He didn't he didn't always go to school because. You, you get milk, it's not refrigerated or pasteurized, so you immediately, you know, have to use it. It was just you would work 
seven days a week when you were making making cheese um and uh and then i think in the winter i don't think they made cheese you know yeah. so so it was a little bit seasonal so that's yeah so that's where like aged cheese comes in yeah do you, do you like mo- mozzarella like fr- fresh sure. mozzarella i'm sorry it's, i i didn't never had any like fresh mozzarella until i when i first lived in new york in the in the 80s i moved to new york and um there was the little italian places that had fresh you know that had mozzarella in the water and i had never had tried it before yeah so the only mozzarella i had ever had was the grocery store kind which it shouldn't even have the same name because it's not it's not the same it cheese had, it's not anything yeah. remotely the same and then i got some of the the fresh kind and it was it was just like it was so amazing yeah i think i didn't recognize mozzarella as being something delicious until i had it with like the caprese salad with the fresh tomato fresh yeah, basil right. mozzarella maybe some balsamic good olive oil and that's it's a whole different story because you really yeah, the, you really t- taste the, the the milk that it's, that it's made from it's delicious yeah, I like learning about when I'm cutting cheese, you know, on the wheels, like seeing the halo, um, you know, coming in from from the rind and uh, learning about how it's how it's aged in the, the cellars and like the grain of the cheese. And it's so beautiful, um, you know, and making a nice wedge, like a good cut piece of cheese. It's it's really nice. It's not always easy to, to make nice wedge cheese. Well, it's, yeah, it's getting me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we haven't offered lunch here today. Um, so I'm going to, maybe we better change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd like to hear about what uh, what you're writing about. You're writing a novel. I believe you said that you're writing a novel. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm writing. I am writing a novel now, and it's 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 hard to talk about because it's. Um, a ser- I started writing a series of novels. Okay. And um, if I, you know, and I, I don't want to. Just, Are you writing the whole series at the same time? Yeah, I, I, I start going on. <laughs> I can start going on and on about it, and it's and it, it make it it make uh, you know not wanting to get too crazy sounding, mm-hmm. but um, I I wrote a novel um, before I moved back here, and I had this that has this weird that has this structure that has ten authors. Sort of the idea is there's just ten, 10 different authors okay. who are each they're each writing um, about a different pr- character, and it ends up being sort of a circular structure. So each one is writing about about someone else, um, and that was all invo- involving. They were all filmmakers and screenwriters and writers. The characters, yeah, were. the characters were, and who they were writing about, and I like that structure so much. That I kind of wanted to keep that as a structure, just as a place to start with, and then write something where the people who are writing, who are the characters, are writing something else, and then it works back in, and, and so the things kind of like interact with each other and inform the other stories. So this 
the new one is is much is much bigger and more am, ambitious in a way it's it's kind of just kind of ri ridiculous and and then it's way too big and too big of a scope but then i just figured like well i'm just going to work on one part at a time anyway um yeah. so the, each of these 10 so the, each of these 10 parts are are influencing the other parts in this in this big, like in a big circular structure um but they but they're all involving different it's more kind of more adventure things um so the scope of the book dictated that it would necessitate necessitate being a series. Is that what? Well, you're it's saying? not. Yeah, it, that it's a that they that they uh, connect to each other. Okay. Yeah, and then so the the, the first part of it is because someone's going up to try to going up in a, in a in a boat to the Arctic Circle to try to go on this ex exhibition to try and find the center of the Earth through a. So it's like an adventure science fiction story, hmm. and they're trying to go into the center of the earth through a underwater tunnel. And um, cool. I just love I always love the center of the earth stories. <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I mean I'm endlessly fascinated with that. Um, and then it's you know, and then I love that I have to research things and like trying to re read about everything, you know, and then I just get really obsessively involved in it. So that's where it's starting. Yeah, and then it goes on from there. But um, I'd like to hear what you're you're working on, because hmm. you mentioned you're you're into you're working on a, a novel. Yeah, yep, yeah, I'm working on a novel. Um, How do you feel about ta talking about it? Because some people hate talking. I, about I don't stuff. mind talking about it. I like it's easier to answer more specific questions than just. I, otherwise, I don't know what to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> so is it? Is it are you, is it um based on a um is like autobiographical elements? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's um you know there's people as characters, and I'm a person, so I guess we have that in common. Um, and I can only really, I mean, I think I do write from my experience and interaction in the world. Yet it's not about me, right? I don't know if that answers your question, but. Um, it's. I think it's an. It's an interesting thing that I've thought about a lot as how much my book or characters are um, tied into my human experience. Right. So, so not overtly then. Like no, not. You overtly. know, you know how when you read things where that you, it almost sounds like it's just a autobiography, even though you know that it's it may be intended to to be or not. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, mine you, is definitely not an autobiography. Have you, did you write, uh, have you written no novels previously to that? No, this is my first one. How, uh, when did you uh, start? Oh, uh, it's been a few years now. So it's been in the background of whatever else I've been doing, living. Um, I started it here when I was living in Milwaukee and, um, uh, my main thing here was being, well, being a yogi. And then I had, you know, a t teaching yoga job and other jobs that that uh, took up time along with other life. So it's always been the book, writing the book has always been in the background of, of whatever else I've been doing. And it continues to be. Um, 
I guess. There have been times where it has, has uh, come forward and I've gotten a lot of work and then it kind of fades back away. And um, I think that a major influence is just in, in getting my book written is actually just me continuing to do what, whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, if that makes any sense, like I, um, I find it hard actually to like what you're doing, like re reading and researching what you want to write about. I mm -hmm. find that challenging as a way to learn about something else that maybe I don't know about yet. Um, like I need, um, other ways of like absorbing um, information and then I can like filter it through and maybe it can come out in, in my book if, if mm -hmm. that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. My, my research is probably pretty spotty in a way, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun to have a subject and kind of get obsessed with it and reading about, about things. And you're trying to put it in like incorporate it in any formal way though. And then, and then it seems kind of daunting though. Or like feeling like I have to, yeah, um, cover everything or be really in, that informed necessarily. Well, that's where but fiction comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's being real it's, handy. Yeah, it's nice to, to to just use it in a way that it's more ins inspirational and yeah. fun. Um, but I, but I, I always feel like that that, and then my own life just becomes a lot of the subject matter too. It just works in. I mean, you can't help it in a way. Um, do you do you um, does it, do you mind talking about the the subject matter in general? Um, no, it, I don't mind. Let me try to think about what it is. Um, <laughs> my book. What's it about? Uh, well, it's like it's a near future fiction, and the, it's um, the world is pretty. Um, fallen apart i'd say from where it is now i'm not sure like water wars i'm not sure what happened happened there was a, like a huge sickness that swept through so let's say population decline um like like a quarter of the population left and because of that people have migrated to cities to try to work together to create well i mean to try to survive they don't figure out working together for a little while you know it's like um, oh, the survival of the fittest, I think. Not that I'm writing about that, but that's like the history of where my book is coming from. And so mm -hmm. this, um, one of the main characters is is in this city. And I, I think that it's kind of a terrible place to be. And I think that a lot of the things that has created like this downfall of, well, sort of the down, it's not really like the civilization, civilization isn't gone, but it's still polluted and corrupt. And all of that is still there just on a slightly different scale. And, mm -hmm. um, and she wants to get out. So, you know, that's... That's, I think, the main thing it's about is, like, one person figuring out their way, like, finding themselves someplace they don't want to be and figuring out how to change it. Mm -hmm. So the, the, are the people mainly centered in cities? Well, one character is, um, but there are characters that are outside of the city. There, um, There's not many people um, left outside the cities, but... Um, there are some, and um, I don't know, they're sort of rogues, separatists, or whatever, 
who who really are doing their own thing, um, survivalists, I guess. And uh, so there is, I guess, those two aspects of where the characters are. Kind of two locations, I guess. I like I like things that are like the, the near future setting. Yeah, it's it's a good place. That's a good it's a good setting for. Picture. Yeah, well, it allows my imagination to like build on what I already think is going on here and what might happen or mm-hmm. what is happening, and like kind of rolling it rolling it forward into. I don't know. It's this mess. How much more? How much bigger can the mess get? Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of my my friend and I wrote a screenplay. It was like right after I moved to Milwaukee. Um, that we kind of set in in Milwaukee, and it was like after in the near sort of near future after a um some kind of a um, disease had hit the country. So it's kind of like the you know the the Omega Man story or whatever you know like a lot of people are dying from this d- disease. I think we called it like blood rot or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the only way that people could survive was to, they found out that if they keep their blood alcohol level at a at, the, the, at like point one five or whatever is the, the legal limit for intoxication, okay, that would that would prevent them from getting the um, blood rot. Getting the blood rot, yeah. So, so they had to have all these systems where people would go. They would go out to the, you know, government-controlled trucks and pick up their alcohol, and then they would have to set their alarm so they wake up in the middle of the night and have a drink. And so they did, so the whole society is just kind of on a just endless intoxication, um, and then people try to try to break away from that. Interesting. So it was it was it was a fun thing to write and then we never ended up making a movie out of it it was yeah. kind of sad yeah. um, it was it was fun imagining the the way that the society would break down then because of how long do you think that people could survive like that um not that long really just <laughs> so but but yeah i don't think we we didn't really yeah we didn't think about how long it hadn't been going a lot on forever, like a matter of months, maybe when we started, and a lot of people had died already. Yeah, you know, until they had come across this. So, so it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was a way of thinking about actually making the movie where we where we film places where there's not many people mm-hmm. and just some wreckage and abandoned buildings, and and I think we 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 thought that some people would decide that it was not a real thing. And try and go against the 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 government. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was government mandated. Like yeah. we found this cure, and it's yeah. drinking. Yes, it's like you're taking a small population of the current, um, you know, current ways that some people live, and just exploding it into yeah. everybody. <laughs> and it's hmm, yeah. Well, I think there's you know there's one person who decided they decided that just with like some you know, holistic approach they could have, you know, and they wouldn't need to drink. And um, Did it work? Uh, I can't remember how it, what, how it ended eventually. And they were trying, people were trying to escape. That's, you know, what it got to be. They had the city walled off by the military. Um, it was one of the places where they had isolated the disease. 
And so I, maybe it wasn't through the whole country. I know eventually someone tried to um, um, sail across to Michigan. They said, we gotta, we can escape to Michigan. We're going to get a ship captain. And, uh, Too bad you weren't there to like coach them through <laughs> just swimming across. Yeah. Well, you know, knowing how hard that is. <laughs> that, you would know. This, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, try, you know, try and sail with uh, when the wind's not any good. Yeah. So, but it, yeah. How did it end? Well, I think I think that we ended up. There was like a, a bunch of different metaphors going on too, which we had. We had like AA meetings that were about. Um, people staying, keeping drinking instead of keeping sober, that kind of thing. Well, where do you draw the line in between? <laughs> they always got to have the point five percent or whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, and then somebody would stand up in the AA meeting and say, "I don't think it's true. I think we can, we can quit. We can quit." <laughs> Thinking that through. Yeah. That's not, that's. Yeah. Like that. yeah, maybe I should exp take that story and expand it into a, no a novel, since it's not going to be... I was working in film for, for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not so much anymore, just because it's difficult and frustrating. But uh, I took one of... I had written a screenplay, um, and I turned that into a novel at one point. So it was an interesting way way to work where it, where it's you know a stripped down format that's not much action it's mostly dialogue and so so the dialogue was all there for me and so then i wrote kind of like filling in mm -hmm. not sure if it's the best way but well what it, is the best way to write yeah, yeah there is, is is none yeah exactly that's, that's true yeah i have um when I write, I have two documents, um, my my book, my novel as it's coming together, but then I have like this extras and, uh, you know, it's just categorized by like collecting bits of dialogue that I think of or like nature. Like, I mean, you know, the book, it, it maybe it's kind of dark or starts in a dark place, but it's all about finding the beauty, right? This person figuring mm -hmm. out how, how yeah. they want to live. So... You know, my other document is just um, like a collection of like the things that are beautiful, nature things or art things or like and, and dialogue. And um, I don't I don't know. It's sometimes I think I'm just taking that stuff like I'm calling it from my experience in the world and it kind of gets filtered into these categories. And then I'm taking that and knitting it together and making my novel and, uh, you know, maybe it'll be okay, or maybe it'll just be a misshapen blanket in the end, but, you know, it's all right. So so you you have, like, things that you've written that are, like, fragments and collections of things, and then you try oh, to work, yes. work, work that all in, work that all in? And yeah, and, in, you know, some of it, I don't know, might never make it in, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there are things that I like, you know? I mean, that's what, like... I, I I wanted to write a book for a long time, and uh, it was it was like I don't know at the t uh, when I wanted to but wasn't. It was just so challenging for whatever reason, and and then I just thought like, well, even if it was just a book of all my best lines and it wasn't even a story, I'd still just be happy with that. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I'm doing. And my book is a story, but I kind of still like the idea of collecting all my best lines. Right, yeah. yeah. 
You know, I always, I always kind of wanted, had sort of envied. I don't know if anyone really does this. You think people do, but you, like you start out from the beginning. I'm just going to start typing. Start out at the beginning of the story and then fought right, right through. As, mm. You know, and and and. I've never even been able to come close to doing anything like that. And I always think that I would want to or try to, but it always has to be just this huge, giant mess where things come in from you know, yeah. different places and then you incorporate it and go back and changing the order of things. And Well, if it occurs to you, like a later part of the book, you got to write it down when it comes. Although yeah. I do find like uh, when I go back, and I'm working on the beginning or, or whatever, it can dictate changes that are needed, you know, in what I've already written. Or actually, it ends up usually being just like um, further, like ways in which I figure out ways in which I can further develop, um, like ideas that I've already started collecting or, or writing yeah. in the middle or the end. I mean, I don't have an end. But, yeah. So you don't know what the ending is? No, I have no idea what the ending is. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think. Yeah, I think it's better not to know the ending of something. Yeah, and I actually think that that's not going to come until the rest of it is done. But I mean, I might be wrong about yeah. that. But that's the way it feels. Yeah. You we'll figure it out. You'll figure it out by what's happened. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's weird, weird when people have stories or like a novel where they know the ending, because then it just seems like a lot of work <laughs> getting how am there. i gonna make it yeah. there <laughs> no it just isn't it seems like just like br brutal drudgery to me hmm. like, uh, but, doesn't that I doesn't mean, sound like any fun at all no it doesn't sound fun yeah if you know i mean I, I know that i guess maybe with mysteries you need to do that like certain types of mysteries that are real structured yeah i think you i need, have read that you need to have that kind of thing where you know mm-hmm Still, I think it's the whole appeal to writing to me is like discovering things. Yes, that you don't know were there, and and you could, from however much you think about it, you it might not come to you, but the actual act of writing changes things somehow and lets you discover things that you wouldn't have come upon otherwise. Yeah, I would completely agree with that, and it's it's um and it's also you know as is. Is it's as much equal like a discovery process writing it as I hope it will be for the reader reading it, you know? Yeah. I think, and I, I think that's at least a little bit of what makes a good book. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you feel like you enjoy, do you like writing? Do you enjoy yeah, writing? Yeah, I love it. It's fun creating my own world. Like no one else gets, this is mine. I mean, I get to make it. I mean, you yeah. can read it, interpret it differently, which is also interesting in its own respect but like I, I get to i get to do it it's you know creative work is fun i really i'm really enjoying it mm -hmm. yeah i know that's what i feel like is the best reason for it is i mean it's, to me it's like something i i just it's always in the back of my mind that i know that i can do some you know i can do at some point yeah or i can work and then i'm going to work on the next day or yeah whatever and like i just keeps me going yeah I keep like a little a little notebook with me all the time, jot down things that occur to me, so I don't, um, you know, so I don't lose it. And uh, um, I was a 
really good morning writer. I had a nice in Milwaukee here. I had a really good, um, nice schedule set up for myself and, and the morning writing was, was excellent. And then with this move, there was definitely so much busy work and in, in moving and finding a new job. And I have a new schedule now with cheese. Um, so, uh, I'm, I thought embracing evening writing would be a challenge. And I must say that it is going, um, really well and that surprises me and I'm and I'm so happy about that and I thought that would be more of an an issue maybe it's something I don't even need to talk about on this show but uh (laughs) I'm I'm surprised no that's that's uh, yeah that uh, that's uh, maybe unusual I would think that that people usually have one time or day or another that they can write well, I mean, but but the thing is, is like with the cheese job, this is a really physical job. Like I am not, you know, I am uh, moving 40 pound blocks of cheese, cutting cheese, selling it to people. I mean, um, there's a little bit of dialogue and interaction, but it's not um, it's very physical. So when I get home, you know, I will do yoga, uh, but but then but then I can just sit. And write, and it's a completely. I'm using a completely different part of my body that has not yet mm-hmm. been engaged, really, um, which is nice. And when I had, uh, uh, like, a couple of years ago, when I had this really nice segment of time when I was in Pittsburgh, and all I, um, I was, I was able to just write as much as I wanted while I was there. But I realized that I had to find this balance. So I would do, I would go to like the hardest yoga class I could find, um, to, um, I guess in some way like where not wear myself out that's but you get the idea so that i could go back and just sit and write oh yeah so i i don't know if that's if that's what's happening now it's like the writing can balance out the the cheese work you know i don't mm-hmm. know but it's it works yeah if you, if you if you work all day sitting at a computer It'd be maybe different than yeah. That may be harder to sit and write in. Yeah, in the evening. and I and I did used to do that, and then I wasn't writing in the evening. Yeah, yeah. I generally can write in the morning only, but there was a there was a time when I I did get some done in the evening, but well, the morning's it, so nice. It was fresh. a struggle. I I like I, if I'm falling asleep, you know, struggling to stay awake. That's really hard. So I like to I like to get up. The best for me is the best thing is to write it first thing in the morning, if I can. Yeah. But it's, you know, if you if you get if you have a job where you have to work early, you might not be able to do that. So you have to kind of work around it, I guess. Right. Did you go to school for for writing at all? Um, I studied philosophy. Oh, philosophy. So, uh, it was a lot of writing papers, but it wasn't writing, you know, fiction. So. And I, <laughs> in the move, I actually found some of my old philosophy papers, and I don't know why I thought it would be interesting to read them. And I was realizing how uh, much better my writing has gotten. And I mean, there were a few interesting ones, I, I'll say that, but but it's interesting how much my, in 20 years, how much my, uh, my interests have changed. So that like, whatever, like these philosophers that they train you on in college no longer interest me, like going down this whole yoga, yoga, um, path, uh, is, is far more interesting and I think precise. And I guess maybe that was like a nice beginning and background 
you know, mm-hmm. philosophy in college and, and it's not where I am now. But I didn't realize how much I had changed until I looked back at it. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, I guess you do. It's how weird when you see how much you change sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. So I, I think I'm shocked sometimes how much I haven't changed, though, too. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> like that. From, right? from, <laughs> from 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, and then, but I have a lot, of course. And I, I, I've kept journals for for my whole life, too, which I've, I've I've recently been rereading them and typing them. So that's it's, I learn a lot from that for sure. I bet. But what did you do in uh, Pittsburgh? I mostly uh, wrote and visited my family that lives there. I stayed with uh, my brother's family, and uh, so I was writing and. Uh, hanging out with them and I and I just kept my little my little neighborhood from from where I was staying at their house you know found my library branch yoga studio my way into the big park and that was really all I needed I'll see a family there yeah yeah and my my one of my uh, ex-girlfriend's mother teaches there and she's a fiction writer really good fiction writer her name's Catherine Gammon okay and um she's also she's a, a Buddhist uh, priest too, so oh. she's a really interesting person. Well, my brother's family, uh, my sister-in-law is—I'm going to call her Buddhist. I don't know if she would say that, but they go to Omling there and um, participate in some of their activities. Um, she's also a yogi, and I was—I didn't have the chance when I was there to go to any of their like cultural things, mm-hmm. um, but I was interested in, I guess seeing what that was about but i wonder I, I don't know now i feel like maybe they know each other yeah yeah i know it's <laughs> nice when I, i'm always curious it's it's weird when the connections come up like that mm-hmm. because they end Where up being she... end up kind of being small worlds in, in a yeah. way a lot of times yeah does she teach at one of the colleges i'm not yeah i'm not sure i i've not even i haven't been in touch with her lately well pittsburgh seems said, like no. a really great literary city um they have, uh, when I was there, I was kind of looking at what they have to offer. And, um, I mean, they have a beautiful library, uh, the Carnegie Library. And then they have a bunch of programs that, so to support writers um, that seemed pretty interesting and mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. No, I grew up in Ohio, so once in a while we would visit, we'd go to Pittsburgh. And it's always somewhere I've considered Moving to, possibly. Yeah. You see, you you started your novel while you were in Milwaukee, then, and then, then and then you moved and changed jobs. It's it's a hard. It's really hard sometimes to interrupt a project like that. Well, I've already I already see it as a long term project, um, you know, but it's it has me as a commonality, and so far the big changes don't seem to mean that much well, that's good and you can get you can get back to it and yeah yeah it f- actually feels like all the changes just add to it that all of my experiences just add to like the wealth of which i have to offer my book oh that's good mm-hmm. and what, what, the one, one thing i really like about the idea of novels more than anything else is that 
it doesn't have it doesn't have that limit like a lot of things have where you, everything can go into it like every part of your life you mm. can add to it doesn't have there's no length that's the bright length can be very short it can be it can be really really long um and so you really can put everything from your your life and long period of time into it i never thought about it like that i guess i never thought about what like what other things are limiting well, well movies are um you know doing you know narrative film is and it doesn't have to be so much but it it kind of is okay because you know the, the length you want it to be a particular length movies are really a lot more like short s- stories in in that way where they're they're really much more structured yeah and um and and then novels can just have almost they can be almost no structure in in some ways which I I just like that that fr- the freedom of of that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never. I guess I just never really thought about about that how unlimited it was. But it, but it, it is certainly the way I feel like it feels, you know, from from doing it. Do you do you have like do you have an end insight at all? Like like you think oh, I want to finish by this time? Oh yeah, I make deadlines all the time for the end, and so far they just pass me by. <laughs> Uh, what are you gonna do? Keep working. That's what I yeah. do. That's no, good. <laughs> that's all right. I've started a lot of things and abandoned them. Yeah. Sometimes come back to. Sometimes don't. Yeah, I started one uh, previous novel, and I think that's when I really wanted to write it. You know, and 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 I started that, and then that one definitely wasn't that wasn't the one. So that one was abandoned. Um, but now, but now I have it. Mm-hmm. So. So and so you're you're also very interested in in yoga. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all, but I'm. Yeah, I'd love to talk I, about I, it. I, I, this is something I know nothing about, except that um, people I suggest that I should look into yoga, and I don't. And, yeah. And I yeah. had I had this feeling like it was something that would really help me and be sure. beneficial, and then I d- never do. Yeah, that's get, okay. Get around to it and. Um, I mean, I would agree with that statement. I think it would, or could, has the potential, I mean, to um, help anybody. Even though that's a weird thing to say about it, I think it's just a, a good thing to do. It doesn't necessarily have to help you, but but it, but it does. <laughs> it does help you. Um, I think the yogic path is um, just an extremely beautiful way to get deep into the human experience and i think that there are actually many paths to to do that and it's it's one way and even within yoga there's many paths within yoga to to get in deep um and it doesn't all have to begin with yoga class i don't i don't think that's really discussed enough that there's so many other other ways and i've probably um but maybe that that's a very accessible way for a, for a lot of people to do the physical practice. Um, mm-hmm. But I uh, I think it just it, um, hopefully leads people to breath work and meditation and um, like the development of awareness to notice the more more subtle 
subtle aspects of your being, um, you know, like where I might say it's really all happening, where -hmm. you're going to learn the most and it's going to, I mean, it changes your life um, in, uh, I think, very, very meaningful, positive ways. Like nothing else I've ever experienced, that's for sure. Well, it seems like cl- class classes would be helpful for people to start because right. of the you're enforced kind of enforcing that on yourself the to show structure, up structure yeah that you yeah and then have I mean you have to do it to get something out of it I, all I meant to say is that it doesn't have to be asana practice which asana is the physical mm-hmm. yoga postures that I think most people think of yoga as. Um, and while that is important and, you know, kind of aligning um, from like the grosser aspects of our body into the more and more subtle aspects, which is, I think, the more important part of the practice is I really want to say that you don't have to start there, um, even though I don't I guess I'm not really sure if you do or you don't. But I I really want it to be. Um, accessible to the most people possible and not everybody is on the same path right yeah mm. I know just in 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 the past of, of where I've just uh, read about or practiced changing and, and you know thinking about breathing has helped me and then I will get away from it and not think about it for a while and it's, yeah. it's just completely oh I'm, where, where did that go yeah <laughs> And it, well, and it was something that was really beneficial to me, mm-hmm. and I'll forget about it. Um, so, which is why, like creating, um, you know, a, a practice that you come to routinely, um, you know, the benefits just keep adding up, and you, and then you're less likely to forget about doing it. Right. Yeah. Which can be like the effect of going to a class is that routine. Um, and repetitive nature of like building what you do and then building also I think the effects of what you do and it adds up um, and becomes more significant like you keep writing your book and I keep writing my book and eventually I hope it will be done Mm -hmm. I don't write it it's not going to be done but like uh, not that there's a done point in yoga but uh there are depths you can go to that I think, um, one, everybody would benefit from, and two, that mm, I think most people don't get to, That that mm-hmm. those points. Um, but it's fascinating, and I highly recommend it. Any kind of uh, uh, deep meditation awareness practice. Where a good where is a good starting place? Like a, if you were going to say for me, like where where would where would you recommend? If I said I'm going to tr- start, you're going to start <laughs> yoga. Yeah. Um, well, what, so you don't have any yoga experience? No. What is what do you do physically in your life? Um, walk a lot. Okay, you walk um, outside, inside. Outside. Outside in nature, and you said you've done breath exercises. Mm-hmm. And you've liked that. Yeah, I've done some, I've done um, medita- meditation. Okay, and you've done meditation. Um, and how did meditation go for you? I really liked it. Yeah, I okay. thought it was really very helpful. I, w- I went to the Shambhala Center here. Oh, I know that year, one. Year, years oh. ago. Okay. So I'd go once a week for and sit. You know, just the Saturday morning, okay. sit for a half hour or whatever it was. Yeah. 
And how do you feel about using your body? Um, like, it, do you, can you imagine yourself in a yoga class where you're doing an hour worth of postures where you're challenging yourself physically and stretching your body? Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. That sounds like a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, I would suggest going to any kind of yoga so class. Kind of, Start with feel, the beginner class. Do you feel like that there's there's sometimes like not good classes or think ones that can be that could I don't mean hurt you in a way, but not you know. Well, so uh, so f- yeah. Yeah, sort of. How do you find the good um, ones and among the, or the better ones. So yeah, I'd recommend a beginning class so that you can learn um, the postures and move slowly so that. Yes, so that you don't hurt yourself, mm-hmm. overdo it. I think it's I've, I've hurt myself doing yoga after practicing, you know, for um, many years, and so it's. I would say that uh, it's something that can happen, and and then and if you're a beginner and you get hurt often, I think that people don't come back. Right. So you want to avoid that. Obviously, we all want to avoid that as much as possible, which is why I'd recommend a beginner class, mm-hmm. but also a teacher who does breath work and. Um, mindfulness or meditation or just a really good shavasana at the end of class because you already have a positive experience with that and and that's good that's that's where you i think that's where you want to go anyway Mm -hmm. with practice so i'd look for a very well-rounded teacher in a beginning class yeah yeah are there any particular texts that you like um recommend would recommend um i mean particularly i'm thinking for Someone who knows nothing. <laughs> mm. So start, um, well, start out with. I, I've, I've dabbled in reading quite quite a few yoga books. I'm not. I guess I'm not sure what what I would recommend. Um, I've uh, well, actually, what I might recommend is going to library, bookstore, wherever, and going to the yoga section and flipping through books and seeing what what appeals to you i i mean i don't know oh that makes sense yeah because there's a lot of books that are yoga and ayurveda which is the sister science and so if you want to learn about ayurveda that's a good book you know to have something that has both if you just want postures and how to do the postures there can be very simple books that are you know really isolated to those things um my my reading selection in yoga has changed over the years that I've done it, and I've gotten rid of a, you know a lot of books that I don't need anymore. Now mm-hmm. you know now I'm reading um, Tibetan texts and um, and uh, yeah, more like the older uh, translations and commentary on some of the older yogic um, I don't know scripture. I guess some people call it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try. Try. Oh, I guess we're getting to the end of our the time here. So we're trying a new segment that is about uh, having a psychic connection, trying to determine our psychic connection. And um, there you have a standard coin with heads, head side and tail side. That's right. And I do. So can you... Look look at one and concentrate on it. And I'm going to try to um, determine what what it is. Um, I see heads. Is it heads? It is. Oh, that's good. We have a. It seems like we have a determined a connection really quickly. 
here. Okay, we have a, um, there's five different symbols on these cards here. Star, square, circle, um, three wavy lines, and a cross. So just pick one like where I can't see it and then concentrate on it. And I'm going to try and... Um, uh, three wavy lines? Yeah, that's it. Oh, pretty, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the next uh, test here is a little bit more difficult. It's a deck of cards. Playing cards that are, that have, um, they're standard playing cards that have 52 different cocktails, including the ingredients and the instructions. So just pick one out that, it can be one that appeals to you or one that you think is uh, odd and concentrate on it. And I'll try to pick it. Um, the Gibson? Close. It was the Gimlet. Oh, Gimlet. Yeah. Oh, this, it's funny because when I, and, um, I had a previous guest once where I, I saw a Gimlet. I don't know. But yeah. What is the, what is a Gibson? Is that like a martini? I think it's it's like a. I don't know. Gen I don't have that card. Uh, oh no! Forget it. Yeah, Gimlet. Yeah. Gimlet is uh, gin and. Uh, yeah, gin and lime and sugar. Lime, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and then then one more test is to to uh, this is the final one is is to concentrate on a. Um, uh, something in culture, a, a book, a TV show, a movie, um, song, um, and but tell me the category. Um, could be food, restaurant, singer. Could be anything, but just tell me the general category, and I'll try to pick. Mm, okay, um, this is food. Food. Mm-hmm. Um, burrito. <laughs> Well, it was Mexican, a Mexican food flan, but not burrito. Oh, flan, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I like flan because I'm gluten intolerant, and uh, it's when it, there's a lot of desserts that I have to stay away from, and that's one I can eat. Why? So, what is it made out of? Um, it's like, it's custard, eggs. Right. So, okay. Uh, so I can eat flan. Okay. And so it's one of the desserts I, I like a lot. Well, we got the Mexican part right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, got the first letter of the cocktail. <laughs> pretty, pretty successful uh, psychic test. And I hope, hopefully, my abilities will improve through doing this podcast. And we'll see. I did psychic tests when I was little. With my my mom did psychic tests on me. Really. Tried to have me pick. For fun? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. And uh, she claimed that I was, I had real strong psychic abilities. But I think it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> Being a little kid. <laughs> well, you probably will get better with this practice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm older now and I can, I think I can deal with it. Yeah. Although I think we did really well, actually. Yeah, that's great. I was great. surprised yeah. by the similarities with which mm -hmm. we had there. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks a lot. I, I was, I'm pleased to have met you, and um, thanks for um, hosting the podcast today. Yeah, it was really nice to be on the show. Thanks okay. for uh, talking with me. All right, thanks a lot.